That was the nicest introduction ever. And also, Aww. can I just say I'm obsessed with Tanya? Yeah, me too. It's obsessed. hard not to be. She's just the best. She is truly the best. She's watching over us right now. Like our little God guardian yeah, yeah, guardian angel. I need as many of them as possible. How is your morning being? Have you Are you waking up and smelling the coffee or are you moving around furniture on the Titanic? <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit of both. I feel like life's all about balance, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to just pick up the coffee cup while you're on the Titanic and just hope it doesn't spill over, right? Yes, Is exactly. that the vibe? Uh-huh. Well, that's what Fran Dresser said in her amazing strike speech where she really mm. performed the role of a striker. She really did, promptly after taking a selfie with Kim Kardashian and almost getting cancelled for that. Well, she's like, she came forward and she was like, actually, that's work. And, you know, I would say that Kim would rather be in Miami with her kids. Exactly. And Which like I Kim question. K likes to say, you got to work. Yeah. Nobody yeah. works anymore. Gen Z doesn't work anymore. Well, say that to Billie Eilish. Zoomers, oh, we'll get into that because we're reviewing that later on yeah. during the spotlight. We'd like to cover a bit of movie news. Oh my God. I just want to talk about how the Wonka trailer has dropped um, and it's presented Kylie Jenner's boyfriend, Tim- Timmy Chalamet, as the quirkiest little chocolatier man of women wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Produced by the same people who produced Harry Potter. I'm really excited for it. I find him really insufferable. I just think he's so quirky. Would you date him? No, I would never. But would you consider it? Like, I feel like considering versus actual. Sometimes there's room for consideration. I've definitely considered it. I've considered dating every actor, anyone on the screen. I've considered (laughs) dating. But I would never do it. That's how we watch movies. Yeah. I would love to see him from the perspective of Kylie Jenner, though. I just want to know what those two talk about. Do they unlock each other? Absolutely. (laughs) They do not unlock each other. I think they unlock each other. I think she's really running with him. I think they're just talking about Tim Burton and, like, their private jets the whole time. And Stormy, obviously. Stormy. It's like co-parenting trauma dumps. Mm. It happens. What else has been happening, Priya? Um, Well, we'd like to kind of um, talk about who's died this week. Oh my god. I woke up this morning and found out that Jane Birkin has died at age 76. Wait, who's that? The most gorgeous white woman of all time. Oh my god, peak white she's, woman. She, she dated Serge Gainsbourg. She's like this incredible French actress and model. Oh my god. Um, What's she been in? So we've lost both an icon and one of cinema's greatest enigmas. I actually can't talk on this because it's way too early and I haven't posted my photos on my Instagram story of all my favourite pics of Jane Birkin yeah, to kind yeah. of process this loss. No, pour one out, pour one out. Um, pour one out for her. Should we talk about how French actresses have bunions? <laughs> we definitely can. I like I like the word bunion. I don't think it's mentioned enough, so maybe we should spotlight some, some bunion action. I had a high school teacher with bunions, and she was French. That's crazy it's that you said French that. It's a French thing. I think maybe it's about, like, the shoe choice. Like, like correlation what? isn't causation. Is that the thing? But, you know, it, it is a hint. Is it is it, implicit. Maybe it's just they walk harder in France or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're just wearing a delicate shoe. Yeah. Um, what else is in movie news? Judy Solomon, who was the former Hollywood Foreign Press Association president, has died at 91. Another one. Another one. 
Oh my god, this is really sad. Rest in peace. Well, it's okay. You know, like death does happen. It is really sad, but it's part of life. Life comes in cycles. Life comes and goes, and then we get to have nice memorials for them. And also, death comes in threes. Is there a third? Oh, uh, no! It's just two people. For well, no, well, there's for no now. third. Oh, okay. But I'd also like to talk about how chronic fatigue isn't real. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> no, I actually have it, and it's very real because I'm always just like falling asleep in cinemas. And I think I've said this before on the show. Like, it's really hard for me to sit and watch a movie without falling asleep. Mm. That's why I've got to watch it at home in bed behind a laptop. Well, yeah, it's like how I paid twenty five dollars to watch You Hurt My Feelings on Apple TV last night. And I'm never paying that $25 ever again. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a chunk. You know, I feel like that's an investment. Absolutely. It's a big chunk. What's been happening in terms of in the US with like the current industry strikes? I feel like so there's a lot of tension with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, to open the can of worms, but yeah. Um, so basically uh, <laughs> the actors and the writers have went on strike together um, for the first time in 60 years. I mean, the writers are going on strike every decade always something because that's where they cut most costs Mm. and um i think the head like head execs are like saying they're not going to stop until people are homeless and people have lost their housing housing and apartments but um i guess like my big thing is like what are actors doing in their free time now when they're not on the picket lines what do you think they're doing um american actors american actors yeah yeah um what do I think they're doing? I think they're just going home and just living in their big mansions and playing Sims. <laughs> like real life Sims in their big giant homes. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think actors are doing? Well, you know, that's what we got to think. It's like <laughs> this strike is for the actors who are getting 25K doing one theatre so- stage show a year, you know, and then Uber driving on the side. Because then, I mean, that's what Fran Dressel was speaking about. She was like, this is for the background actors who are. I don't know, getting CGI scanned mm. and then their bodies are being used. Um, That's well and truly a background actor yeah. in all meanings of the word. An NPC. An NPC. Oh no, that's like a nightmare to be the NPC. <laughs> yeah. A non-player character for the boys in the back. And I also do got to say in movie news, Priya, it's been so long since we've been <sighs> together on this show. I've actually missed you. I missed you so much despite having a four-hour phone call last a couple of days ago. Yeah, it was. We should have just recorded the we whole thing. We should have recorded. Yeah, we, we, we might be moving into pre records now. I thought you were going to say we're going to move in together. Oh, we're you want to move in with me? There's multiple <laughs> levels to this announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to be here with you, Enoch, and to hear your review of Rush by Troy Sivan. <gasps> <gasps> That's coming up real soon. We're going to go into a break right now, play a little bit of a track, and we're. When we return, we are going to be listening to Take Two, where we're reviewing some really fantastic clips. This one here is Light in the Load by Dragnet. You're listening to FBI 94.5. Take Two. So, take two. What are we discussing today? We're comparing some music videos, I believe. Well, in solidarity with the strike, we're going yeah. music videos. Mm. Um, um, and that was Choice of Un's Rush, and I'm just going to jump straight into it. It's shot entirely in the Bordello at King's Cross Hotel and an abandoned Ibis Hotel. Choice of Un's music video, Rush, is a supposed love letter to Amel. 
Uh, directed by Gordon von Steiner, in the nicest way possible, he presents a mood board for people with money, and he accosts you with dozens and dozens and dozens of images, some of which include pole dancing, voguing, glory holes, spitting in the club toilet, kissing in a club toilet, poolside drinking a long neck, a walk of shame in Berlin, car sex, lap dance from a boy in a G-string, a keg stand, girl sharing a drink, but no girl kissing because that's not gay, that's lesbian. It's like swiping down the Instagram explore page of a gay man who needs to operate in kiwi spaces to feel hot because the circuit gay didn't make him feel welcome this one time 10 years ago this four minute subtweet to Sam Swift is not a huge commitment but what I would say is why did the whole music video smell so fucking clean I'm sorry this should have been shot like an inverse perfume ad the medium is literally sent the drug is ammo make me smell something if you're gonna make me listen to something that sounds like a fucking FIFA World Cup song for fags what I do expect is that you make me ask the <laughs> where I've lost myself you make me ask my, what my proposal for any club scene in cinema or music video is, does it fucking stink? And, it's and I'm sorry, it just yes. didn't stink. It didn't no? stink. Also, Fran Dresser announcing the actor strike and then him releasing this is really murky to me. <laughs> so I'm actually going to consider this crossing the picket line because there is no way this song wasn't planned released during the actual finale of The Idol and isn't some cross-marketing because it also feels like it operates within the same universe as the show. Um... Uh, and you know what I say about scabs is the only good one is the dead one but the music video is like a detached reality from higher ups that is kind of kind of touts this this is what the culture is this is what the industry and the nightlife is and it's it's really disrespectful to tell me I should enjoy this and the discourse around it being whether fat people or people from diverse backgrounds should be in it um, and I can say that because I'm a proud chub chaser I, I feel the squash it's insufferable <laughs> because what we should be talking about is how it mis misappropriated a legendary drug that's a staple in queer culture and didn't tell a story because the thing I always go back to with Choi Sivan is that he's not a storyteller he's, he's just not. not he's not a storyteller um, he's a scab a bootlicker and not just a scab but the heir of a South African diamond fortune it's Monday <laughs> morning I'm like it's Monday morning and I'm no, really annoyed by it. yeah so here's my pitch for Rush, and this is what the music video should have been. This is how you tell the no, story? No, this is how you tell the story. Shoot. So it's one getting an MRI, and there's black spots from Amul overexposure, and the doctors are really worried. And they're like, oh my God, he's catatonic, and he's like lifeless. And then we flash back, and then there's this woman. Obviously, you'd be casted Priya so oh. everyone picture Priya. And she's dressed as Harley Quinn, red and blue ponytails, you know the look. And on her top, it says fag hag. And she drops liters of leather cleaner in the air ducts of a nightclub. And then she sneaks into the club and turns every gay guy in sight straight. And it's actually a celebration of fag hags, the girls who were the backbones of the nightclub industry, with the rush bottles, um, holding the rush bottles in the hand, holding it down for the gay boys, blah, blah, blah. And she's just turning them like crazy because, like, her gay friend's too busy washing their hands in the toilet because he fingered an undouched top. I don't know. I, I, like, at, at this point, I would have rather seen choice of one sniffing the armpits of, like, an old man. Um, and to me, when I asked, does it stink, that kind yes, of stinks. Yes, it does. That stinks. Yeah, yeah that Sort stinks. of in the way that Christina... The wrong type of stink, though. In the same way mm. Christina Aguilera's dirty music video stinks till this day. Like, yeah, that 100. is a nightclub, mm. you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's my review of Rush. I definitely think, you know, that really permeated into the underpinnings of the lack of narrative impulse. You know, there is no other way to, to scathe other than Bring with... Bring back with narratives in music videos. Seriously. Also, just like, what happened to cinema making me smell something? 100%. <laughs> Where is that fourth dimension? Exactly. 
And anyway. up next, we're going to look at Billie Eilish as well. beautiful song that one so that was um what am i made for by billy eilish i'm actually reviewing two things um i'm actually with one one stone killing two birds <laughs> it happens it happens watch out birds you hurt my feelings and what am i made for these are the questions victims like to state and ask you know that girl that sends you the big paragraph wanting a moldy wet towel back that she left in a Woolworths bag at your house after a beach day eight months ago <laughs> and no i didn't gaslight you because i threw the towel in the bin Sometimes you just need a funny, sweet movie to relax to. And just like that, this is just that. Just a cathartic little slice-of-life movie about married couples in New York City and their tiny little problems as creatives. Uh, this is like if there was a spin-off of Girls uh, where an episode centres around Lena Dunham's tutor or something. This is about holding a microscope to living and laughing. It's a rare <laughs> satisfaction when you get exactly what you imagine. I watched the trailer in advance further after paying $25 on Apple TV. Someone sponsor us. I'm never paying for a movie on Apple TV again, by the way. No, we're going to get that Which back. I've already mentioned. We're giving that money back. It's about the little white whys we tell to support each other and the pain when that truth comes out. Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays a novelist who overhears that her husband actually hated her book. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is Elaine from Seinfeld, for the boys in the back. Would you question your relationship and career if the person you love hates your book? Would you? I think I would. Yeah. Definitely question myself. Have you ever looked your friend in the eyes at a hole-in-the-wall Ari Run gallery opening and said, wow, how did you think of this one? (laughs) Have you ever had to read someone's screenplay and feign, stop laughing? Am I making you laugh today? I love making you laugh. Have you ever had to try your best to separate the work from the artist just so you could love them maybe a little bit more? Um, and this is where I'm going to segue to What Am I Made For by Billie Eilish. And I just want to say Billie Eilish is one of the greatest victims, the spokesperson of Zuma existentialism. Billie's good at being a victim because she's escaped the microscope. Billie gets asked a question. It's the Tourette's reveal. It's bring Phineas forward. It's I love Justin Bieber. We get it. You love Justin Bieber. It's calling your female friend bro. Every Eilish song represents a new type of mental illness. And this one... This one is depersonalization and dissociation. Well, also because she's uh, the big thing, she escapes the Nepo baby allegations and then she weaponizes all. Is she a Nepo baby? Yeah, she's her, her parents are like producers. Of course. And then, like, it all makes sense now. Yeah. And, and she weaponizes all these things to like every time the Nepo baby stuff comes up, mm. it's like bang. And it's mm. like, what does this have to do? Answer the question. Answer the question. Well, to quote her, she said, I'm sad again, don't tell my boyfriend, it's not what he's made for. In the music video, she flicks through her outfits in the past as a gust of wind, or maybe it's an earthquake, I'm not really sure, because there's no narrative there either, (laughs) tries to blow them off her desk. Yes, we get it, Billy, you have depression, and this song kept mine alive and incubated. (laughs) And that's what we want. But you know what's going to cure it for me, Enoch? What? Going to the Barbie premiere with you tonight and looking at you while this song plays. No, the thing is, when I first listened to this song, I almost cried. 
It's actually a really incredible song. It's such song. a beautiful song. <laughs> and it's so simple. Oh, it's and so there's delicate. Like, there's no, like, sort of complex lyrics to it. Like, Well, she said... Did you watch her interview on Zane Lowe? What did she say? Well, she basically talks about how um, Margot Robbie played the film for her and then asked her to score it. The film, which is Barbie, of course. Oh, yeah. And then her and Phineas went back to their studio and they kind of whipped up this song, writing it for the Barbie soundtrack, right? picturing Barbie. And then, like, a month later, she would listen to the song and realise it was all about her. And really, she was, like, subconsciously writing about her own life. Sometimes you know, because she's happens. a pop star and she doesn't yeah. know what she's it, made it, for. She's reinvented fame as a prison. Main character exactly. energy. Yeah. I am the protagonist. That's my review. That's such a good review. Your review was really good, too. Honestly, I need, I need these scathings in the morning because sometimes I get the Monday morning rage... And without the adequate expression of all of these rageful observations on the, you know, celebrities which deserve to sometimes have these rage uh, channels directed towards towards them, I'm just, I feel very satisfied right now. It's also just like pop stars are dead or something. Like there are no pop stars anymore. I think it's just narrative momentum is dead. No one wants Mm. to storytell. There's no storytelling. it's like COVID has affected our ability to storytell. Yeah, narratology mm. needs to be resurfaced. Narratology? Yeah. Narratology. The, Wait, sci- the science of narrative. What? Oh, okay. Well, this is my literature screen, As screenwriters, <laughs> I'm surprised we don't know what narratology is. I feel like dumb, dumb right But here. as an astrologer, I know that Mars is in Virgo. Which oh. means what? Which means bring criticism back. Oh. Bring back film criticism. Bring back a negative review. It's important. Because how else do you define what is positive if you say, well, this is shit and that is not? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. But I do want to say that You Hurt My Feelings was really, really good. Okay, and it's right. playing in cinemas Would at the moment. Would you rewatch it again with me? I'll watch it with you 100%. Okay, okay cool. It's great. So, so we're gonna... do you want to come? I would love to come. Okay, you're coming. Yeah. We're going to go watch okay. it and we're going to get free tickets somehow. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cute. And Tanya can come as well. Spotlight. So what film are we spotlighting today? Well, we're actually going to spotlight something that's in development and Priya sent this to me last week. I'm so excited, go on. Um, It's called Eggshell Skull and it was a part of the Screen Australia development um, funding rounds for features. Yeah. And it's Mia Wasikowski. Mia Wasikowska is writing and directing a film. Yeah. Did anybody know that? Because we're sharing it. And it's... Do you want to read the synopsis for it? Let me read the synopsis. So the synopsis is... Eggshell Skull is a coming of rage, coming of rage story, charting a young woman's journey through the Australian legal system, first as a judge's associate and then as a compliance seeking justice for a crime that has haunted her since childhood. Are you looking forward to that? Petrol 2? I well, I need to ask Deb. You are a distributor with millions of dollars. Are you greenlighting that? I think I'm going to give it Amber. Is oh. Amber legal? Amber Light. I just want to know more. Oh, so you think it needs more development? Well, I just personally want to know more. I am a devil for the detail. Uh, yes. <sighs> Me too. Well, best of luck, Mia. We hope it wins awards. Like we an can't actor. wait to see it. Do lo- features get Logies? I don't know. I don't think they get Logies. Which is, I think, this weekend happening. Is it Logies this weekend? Should we crash it? Really? I could I get love- a scene. Can you get a scene? 100%. Yeah. Let's crash it. Is this, is this the part where we mention that you're an actor award winner again? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, also, I guess we haven't really properly spoken about Barbie Heimer and Opie Heimer. So maybe let's talk about so what, that right what are, now. Can you explain that to me? Well, I guess it's like Barbie and Oppenheimer are both um, premiering at the same time. And it's, you know, people are kind of like, oh, are you going to go see Barbie or Oppenheimer? They're asking Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie saying you should watch both. They're competing <laughs> against each other in the box office. And what I want to talk about is films that have been um, played at the same time throughout history. I still don't know what Oppenheim is about. I have no idea. I've watched this trailer 10 times and I just feel way. Oppenheimer is about leaving, is about someone who sets off a bomb, which is quite similar to people who do the Melbourne to Sydney move because you know if someone's leaving. In an unceremonious way, if someone's coming, moving to Sydney from Melbourne, yeah. they're leaving a bomb behind. And I think it's even worse when it's Melbourne to Sydney. That's even worse. Yeah, it's something dark has happened. Something dark has happened at the you club. Know, it, it's the, the return, or mm. even if it's not a return, it's a return somehow. It, literally. Yeah. You be careful. And Anyways. so what I well, what I wanted to say was, yeah. did you know that Unridden by Natasha Bedingfield <laughs> was released on the same day as Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day? Oh my God, the no, this videos? is making my heart sing. Did you know that She's the Man and V for Vendetta came out on the same day? What? Did you know that Sex in the City and The Strangers came out on the same day? I don't know what The Strangers is. High School Musical <laughs> 3, Saw 5. Well, I did know that one. What? I this did know like, that and one. And which one did you watch? I watched both. I'm a Universal super fan for both. I watched High School Musical 3, High School Musical 3 heaps of times. I was so excited. It's arguably the it's graduation. I promised, I remember I promised several people that I was going to watch it with them for the first time. And then I just pretended that it was the first time I was watching it with my live Pray reaction. That, Pray, that's so sweet. Even though I had memorized all the songs. Oh. <laughs> pretended I didn't know the lyrics. Why did that make me teary? I'm really emotional today. What do you think that that's about? I think it's because you listen to Billie Eilish's song yeah. and she's incubating our depression. Yeah, she wants us in that place. Mm. That's how she sells the music. Mm. I hope there's a door to the incubator, though, because, you know, we've got to look up. Gotta look. <laughs> everyone's allowed in. What about out? Are we allowed out? That's oh, what I want no, to know I just, from the I depression always, I walk through the world asking what, I was, what was I made for. <laughs> These are the these are the good questions. These are the questions we need to know. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies on Monday mornings with me, Deb Marcus, joined in the studio with Priya and Enoch. Wait, I'm gonna miss you. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com/podcasts.